CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And while you're at your computer, like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and make sure to join our conversation on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live and at CIO Talk Radio. Today's topic is measurably delivering business value through infrastructure and operations. And our guests for today's show are Randy Spratt, who's the Executive Vice President, CIO and CTO with McKesson Corporation. Good morning, Randy. How are you? I'm well, Sanjog, and uh, uh, thank you very much for having us on the show today. Oh, uh, the honor is all ours. So how's, how's life treating you? Have you been partying a little bit more since Thanksgiving or back to work? Oh, it was back to work pretty quickly here in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So, so, so limited hours of fun and then the grind starts again. Or maybe not grind, a good journey perhaps. Yeah. Well, IT is nothing if not a journey. And, uh, for, as you know, a 24-7, 365 operation. So there's no rest. Uh, totally, totally. Now, and we also have Bob Christakos, who's the Chief Information Officer with Steelcase. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good, good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. So how's the journey been for you? It's been great. Uh, there's certainly no shortage of things to do. There's no shortage of ideas on how to improve the business and be more competitive. So it's keeping us busy. Oh, could not enjoy the journey more, huh? That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> That's good, good. So, you know, the, the, the topic that we picked up today, which is infrastructure and operations related, and the basic premise is that, yes, we have been trying to use the infrastructure and operations as as a, an IT function, which is the backbone, which is keeping the things humming. But gone are the days when you can just say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some dollars on IT and expect it to deliver some uh, function and keep our business running. You want that to really start creating business value. At least that's the change that people are expecting. Now, while the expectation is there, do you think – is it uh, realistic for an organization to have INO function, which does a lot of background work, and then suddenly uh, give it the, the status of cost of doing business versus just cost? So, Randy, let's start with you. Well, as, as you mentioned, uh, the infrastructure and operations, especially for a, a company like McKesson that uh, has extensive distribution operations, is, is really the lifeblood of the business can't be seen as just an expense. It has to be seen as a continual investment. And each of those investments, uh, improvements to the efficiency or quality of our delivery process is a separate business case. We measure those cases. We measure the cost. So it's well integrated with the business and measured along with the business. All right. Bob, when you look at your business or you look at your organization and or your counterparts who work in other companies, when they are looking at uh, infrastructure and operations, do they suddenly see that there is a change uh, in the mindset when people are suddenly coming and hugging infrastructure and operations business, the IT function, and saying, yes, you are going to be bringing us that unprecedented value? Or they're saying, okay, same old, same old, but we want you to deliver more? Well, I think I see a range out there. Um, I, you know, some of my counterparts... Uh, that I talk to and network with still feel like it's a cost center that, um, you know, they're not exactly kind of in the loop when it comes to business strategy and direction. And But but I think all of the peers that I have kind of feel the same way about where IT and infrastructure and operations should be, and that is, you know, having a seat at the table, a key partner, really understood as uh, a cost of doing business. And I think um, at Steelcase, we, we definitely feel like we're more on that end towards uh, a partnership. Uh, so I feel very fortunate about where we are positioned inside of our company. 
So when you look at the the mindset, you're saying that there is a range. And so people are making transition and the transition is supposed to be less from the infrastructure and operations folks or IT folks. It should be more from the executive management and business. So are they uh, opening up their minds a little bit to say, okay, if I want them to create little more than what they have been doing, then I got to give them more. Sure. Yes. I mean, I think the first thing is to get uh, the executive level to think differently about what IT and infrastructure and operations is capable of. But then on the IT side, they've got to step forward and, and they've got to be able to have the kinds of conversations that executive management expects them to have about strategy and business cases. And, and when that occurs, I think uh, it's almost always a beneficial thing for the business. Now, Randy, when you look at um, basically the, the business and the, the organizations that are trying to create business value, what is it that is said to the IT function? You cannot just say, oh, create business value for me. There should be some specific directives that one would expect in order for them to you know, act upon, right? I, I think the the key here is to get away from the notion that IT is separate from the business. Um, in, innovation happens close to the customer. It happens close to the market. And IT has a consultative value. We have um, uh, knowledge of the possible, if you will. So we can only create value if we're sitting at the table business, working with them on their strategies and working with them on the tactics to enable those strategies. So so you're saying that if you will create business value, but then you would not have, or you will have some specific instructions given by business, which can be translated into what measurable business value. Does business even get what they could expect from INO, which is the geek side of the house? Well, I, I don't think it's instruction, and um, I, I think of this as a life cycle. Uh, IT has two fundamental roles in the business. The first is to help enable innovation. Uh, how do you bring new products, new services to the market? How do you expand the reach of the business? How do you make the business more sticky to their customers? And what can technology do to help uh, realize those growth strategies? But as those new technologies are adopted and become more and more commodity services, IT has a role in operating them at the extreme level of efficiency and driving cost out. And I think rather than this pendulum of swinging back and forth between does IT create top-line growth or does IT have a major role instead in making the company more productive or more efficient, I think it's actually a cycle, and you have to play in every corner of that cycle. Now, Bob, when you look at uh, the metrics or the business value or any type of value that infrastructure and operations department, or for that matter, even IT department is expected to create for the organization or their respective business or the organization, what does it look like in the first place? And now that you are trying to convert that metric, that measurable value into something which is more tied to the business value, how is that any different? We, we talk about it as a, a set of internal metrics for an, an INO function and a set of business metrics. So certainly we have some very technical things that we have to keep our eye on for system reliability and throughput very technical measures, but uh, we really have to work hard at making sure that we stay connected to the business metrics. You know, are we are we shipping the number of trucks that we should? Are we uh, do we have the incoming order volume process the way that we should? Do we you know the the business level metrics that our business partners really worry about and stay awake at night thinking about? We have to understand them uh, those metrics as clearly as we do the very technical ones that run our systems. Now, if, if, you, if you were to take, uh, say, a playbook of sourcing, that this is how infrastructure operations went properly run, and even in the past, you would not just be given a pile of money and say, go s- spend it and just keep the business humming. You would have some sort of very tangible metrics that you would be measured by. Yes. And and now you again are going to enhance or add some new metrics to uh, that existing one. Which one would that be? 
what is that that incremental addition to your metric that you are now expected to provide? Well, I think <clears throat> I think it's it's natural for the for the INO function to gravitate towards very technical ones, but those business metrics they're the ones that feel very shared, and so and, and for the most part they already exist. And what we've tried to do is get more acclimated to our business partners to understand what they value and then help them manage that number through the systems and the platforms that we provide. So in my mind, they're already there. You just have to go find them and start to work with them and start to kind of socialize them within the IT organization. And and so when you look at any of these metrics, is this something that you think you have finalized on or is this a work in progress? Because this is very recent that uh, folks who are as, I would not say tactical, but clearly working in infrastructure and operations, it could it is as IT as it can get uh, or, or geeky as it can get. And then do you expect them to get business value? Um, what What is it that is... Uh, new for the people within that organization who are running INO, which is kind of uh, becoming cryptic and or challenging for them to even live by in terms of metrics? Sure. Well, it's, it's new vocabulary in a lot of ways. So I'll give you one example from our business, and that is when we ship our product, one of the key business metrics that our operations teams look at, and this is business operations, is, is a metric that we call split shipments. So how many times do we have to take a customer's order and, and split it across two different loads of freight? From a customer standpoint, that's very disruptive. It's costly. So we have to get it right and make sure that the order is complete and ship it in one shipment every chance that we can get. And um, we've had to kind of uh, educate our infrastructure and operations teams to understand that's a key thing and whenever our systems get in the way of us delivering smoothly in operations, that's a big deal. So, uh, so we've been do, we've been in that mode for the last year to take those business metrics, really understand them, and then kind of back up from them towards the IT systems that provide those capabilities and make sure that we manage uh, our technical systems accordingly. That's one example of you know split shipments, but there are others in the business. Uh, you know, I would say. Not a huge number of them, maybe 10 to 12 at a time, feels like something you can really get uh, your head around in terms of managing a collection of metrics. Uh, and that's been the path that we've been on for the last, oh, I would say year or so, really working hard at that. Now, Randy, Bob just mentioned, or he actually answered question around how the incremental changes you'd make to the metrics where you're trying to get or demonstrate business value through INO. Now, you have uh, the the one of the things that Bob mentioned is that many of those business metrics are kind of shared, and as soon as you talk about the word sharing, there goes the accountability part. How do you handle that? Um, I'm not sure that our metrics are shared. Um, are you still getting an echo from me? A little bit, yes, right. but that's okay. Go ahead. Um, we like Bob. I think we. We are evolving our service level agreements and our metrics to uh, really reflect the user's experience and the user, in many cases, being our end customer. So we look at uh, how long it takes to fulfill an order, uh, whether or not we have 100% uh, completion of their orders, whether we can essentially take over their inventory process for them. And we back those up into very specific metrics that uh, relate to the availability of systems and the responsiveness of systems and the accuracy of the processes those systems support. And I think if you pick those apart, you can, you know, while the end metric by the, might be the same, the contributing metrics to each one divide up into you know, whether this is the picker in the warehouse, whether or not this is the truck driver, whether or not this is the system that supports it. Uh, so while the, the measurement truly reflects the customer experience, the contributing factors can be broken out. It's not easy, and it takes some additional IT attention to even create the systems to measure 
the systems, if you will. But uh, I, I think in the end, that's where you have to go. You have to be able to sit down at the table and say, you know, it took six minutes to process the order. It took two minutes to pick the order, and it took 30 seconds to, to get it into the bin and so on and so on. All right, so let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's look at the different uh, technology and computing paradigms that are being thrown at IT, and uh, they're expected to comfortably handle those and at the same time deliver business value. So, yes, there are certain things which are new. You're also juggling with many of the old technologies and systems. So how do you, first of all, handle that overload? And is there a honeymoon period before somebody would say, now that you've been given the additional dollars and the additional systems and, and uh, applications and technologies, you've got to start delivering business value. So how long does the honeymoon start? And once the honeymoon is over, what is expected? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Bob, a uh, question here would be around the new technologies and the very computing paradigms that are changing around us. And we already had some metrics that we created. We had some value that we might be demonstrating. And there goes a disruption in the very status quo that we were handling. And, and it was predictable. But now it's not predictable. So does the unpredictability give you honeymoon period or does it add chaos? And does it make it any more complex? Or would you say that you are at all times too nas- at too nascent of a stage to really deliver metric which is reliable, which has the integrity, and it does give you the required insight to the business where it demonstrates business value creation by infrastructure and operations group? Well, I, I certainly think that there is a honeymoon period, and I think people, uh, you know, our users and our uh, clients that we support understand that as we make paradigm shifts and platform shifts, that there's a level of, uh, you know, kind of working it out that is understood, but it doesn't always last very long. And I think, you know, certainly a critical function of a INO organization is to continue to evaluate new possibilities and new platforms. And so whether it's cloud computing or, you know, or something else, uh, it's just expected that, you're going to look for business value in those new paradigms and shift to them when it's appropriate, but not do anything that's so disruptive uh, to the business that you can't keep running. And and that's the balance. That's the tension to always try to manage that, uh, you know, we've done a lot of things in a cloud computing way. Uh, the, the, the extent to which we can make that seamless from a disruption standpoint and positive from a value, you know, accumulation standpoint uh, that's really what we're always trying to accomplish. Now, when we look at a different type of metric that is being created and there are new technology computing paradigms, really do you think we are at a point where we indeed can offer metric just because somebody asked us? Bob? Yeah, I do. I, but I think they change. I mean, I think uh, staying with the cloud computing example for a second, I there's certain things that aren't going to change. The expectation about reliability and availability and, and performance won't change. But what might change is, you know, your financial performance as an organization because of that. And I think you've got to be prepared to shift some of your metrics 
uh, and keep some of them the same and, you know, strategically choose uh, what you're trying to accomplish when you make those paradigm shifts. So, uh, Randy, now, if you were to look at your, uh, you know, your organization and then you are trying to invite new technologies, new processes and systems and, and other things that are uh, required by your organization to grow as a business with sustained growth and profitability. Are you any time tempted to compromise on one side or the other in order to deliver to what business wants, which is either I put new technology now or I give uh, metrics to business value because they ask for it? Well, I, I'm not sure it's an or. I think it's an and. You know, the, the purpose of IT is to uh, enable business strategy to uh, support and extend the, the business reach. And I think that, you know, while, while IT would love to standardize the world and would love to harden everything down to very manageable, low variable, low variability, business needs to be agile. They need to experiment. They need to try new technology. They need to try new approaches. They need to continually innovate to uh, be out in front of their competition. And if IT doesn't enable that, they're going to figure out a different way to do it. You have to, you know, my view, you, you have to be there at that table trying new technologies, but at the same time provide the consultation that's needed to tie them back into the core systems, tie them back into the, the mainstream technologies that run the business. Leverage those new approaches across many lines of business as much as possible. You have to fail quickly, too. Not all these experiments work. Now, um, Bob, in your world, when you look at the the department heads, and since you are the uh, CIO there, you got some department heads. Is there something that you ask them as a precursor to uh, what would be presented to uh, the business to demonstrate business value from that specific function? Are you owner or you make your INO leader owner to come up with that draft and then go back and then you, how do you analyze or how do you benchmark that this is what is being produced is worthy of being presented to the business management? Well, certainly the department heads that, that work for me, they have to, you know, their job is to stay very close to the business and really understand, uh, you know, what's the game that we're playing? Is it, is it more about agility or is it more about managing cost? Is it, you know, what are the, what's, what's important in the business at the moment? And then kind of bring back to the leadership team, here's the guidance that uh, we should be following for how to best serve the business. And so uh, over time, there's been things that we've essentially let go of in terms of a strongly held principle, like the degree to which we standardize on uh, desktop computing resources. Uh, there's a lot changing in the industry today from a technology standpoint. And so to rigidly standardize on one thing might be great from a cost standpoint, but not so good from a, an agility and, you know, kind of productivity standpoint. So we've really worked at that to make sure do we really understand how to best serve the business. Randy, how much of micromanagement somebody would perceive it to be when you are trying to get INO folks to try to deliver on these new requests? And if they say, in order for me to deliver business value, I might have to cut through some of the new investments, or if I want to not look at your preserving legacy environment and just cut loose those so that I'm presenting less and less, I'm, I'm making less and less investment towards something which is not really creating that much business value and work towards more progressive uh, technologies and systems. Would you have to have your input in any and everything, and would your CFO come and say, why are you trying to take away what already is, is amortized over 30 years and you've only spent 10 years in that investment? So, Bob, would you want to take this question? Well, I think, um, it's a, it's a, again, it's one of those shared areas where you've got to come to agreement about what are the metrics uh, with the business partners that you have that make the most sense, and then what's your plan to transform to get there. I think that's been... Um, a real key set of activities for us. Uh, as the IT landscape has changed and, you know, there's tremendous shifts in kind of how uh, IT platforms are evolving, uh, it changes the metrics, it changes the, the principles that we're working by. So we've stayed very closely aligned with business partners in order to do that. 
Now, so what would you see being in those, suppose you were to in an INO leader's shoes, would you call that micromanagement that while you want me to create value, but you, I don't have the free reign? You know, I I don't think I'd say it as much as uh, micromanagement. I don't think that's the right way we would want to think about it, but kind of resolving the tension between the two. You really want both, but, you know, it's like a slider bar. Where Where is the right level uh, to be? You know, should I do a little bit more of this at the expense of this other thing? And, you know, resolving those tensions, um, that's what those leaders are supposed to do. And they should collect a lot of input. I mean, maybe I suppose that feels like micromanaging in, in a certain context uh, at times. But really, in order to, to get the best uh, solution, you've got to really immerse yourself in a lot of ideas, a lot of opinions, and a lot of discussion across the entire business to do it right. All right. So if you're, were to, you're, you're in your organization or whatever that you are trying to do there, when it is something newly implemented, uh, every time when anything incremental is happening, do you think you are required to go back and say, what about this investment? What's the ROI of this? Or what about the business value that is created from this XYZ investments? I think that we, we, are, we do feel some obligation to go back and look at investments we have made and say, did they work out? What, you know, there's, there's lessons to be learned from projects completed and apply those lessons going forward. Um, are we obligated to do every one of those uh, in the exact same way? I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say that. It depends. I mean, I think you've got a, you have a finite amount of resources to spend on things. You've got to strategically pick and choose where you can apply time and resources, and that's, and that's not going to be everything in every place. So, so your people that when they, when they are working on things, so they are given a set of uh, priorities in, or a set of initiatives and directives to work on, and then at their own discretion or at a regular interval, they are supposed to present a metric, but it is not as granular for somebody to totally lose uh, their sanity trying to provide all the numbers that they, they ever could create, and they'll be busy just churning numbers versus working on the actual job. That's right. So uh, I can give you an example, if you'd like, that one area where uh, there's a lot of interest and a lot of uh, discussion is desktop video, the ability to connect whether it's through Skype or through, you know, any number of other products that are out there across the company. Um, you know, that's not an area that we have enough time and resources to focus on. So we do some best effort things uh, to try to facilitate desktop video, but it's, but it's far short of an enterprise-wide program that we have all of the resources and all of the support and all of the training materials in place that we would really want. And, and frankly, we could get criticized for not having uh, as much of a robust program as some people would like. But we've also been clear that that's not an area that we can prioritize against a whole bunch of other things that are, frankly, more important right now in the business. And I think uh, the key is just to be clear about, you know, uh, do, we, do we have this offering in a very solid way or not? Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and look at what does it take in terms of collaboration and, and a community approach to getting the business value created? Because at the end of the day, we are still uh, looking at infrastructure and operations group to be part of IT and they make things happen. But then when they are to make things happen, how well do they do it? How well is it adopted? And how people uh, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down requires some camaraderie between not only the different departments within IT, but also different business uh, departments and their respective leaders. So what is happening today as INO needs help? to deliver business value are other business heads and or other IT leaders stepping up and trying to help them? And is that is what is in it for them in order for them to help the INO leaders and their workers to deliver, measurably deliver business value? Please, let's explore this when we come back. Please stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Bob, when we are looking at the INO function trying to demonstrate value, they cannot kind of do it alone. They need to have someone, uh, like not someone, a set of people, maybe business unit leaders, maybe the other business departments or other IT functions uh, to work together with them. Now, does that really happen because there is a request or is that by design the camaraderie that we expect to have within the business and IT already for this measurable business value to be demonstrated. What's new? And if it's not new, are we just, uh, is it a smooth sailing boat? Well, I think INO by its very nature is, can be removed from some of the frontline business activities. So in in my opinion, it's got to be deliberate. It's got to go out of its way uh, to really understand and connect to the variety of the business functions that it supports. And it needs help to do that. But it, but it certainly starts with initiative and willingness on the INO parts uh, to, to really reach out. And then when it does, it needs, it needs partners to bring them in and say, here's how we, we need to think about this together. So, uh, for example, in our company at Steelcase, uh, members of our infrastructure organization, they have to get at what I call into the business. You know, they have to walk through the plants. They have to visit sales offices. They have to talk to salespeople and dealers and customers at at various times and really stay connected to kind of the rhythms of the business. So they, they very definitely need help doing that. When they when that occurs, you know, my, my observation has been it's been very well uh, embraced. You know, I and O... Uh, leaders and, and staff members are usually excellent systems thinkers. They can think from end to end. They understand the business, and they have valuable things to contribute as soon as that partnership starts to develop and engage, and the business, uh, the business functions and the business leaders see that, and then it just kind of grows. It, g- it gathers momentum as it goes along. But it certainly takes, I think, a deliberate set of actions on the INO part uh, to begin that process. Now, typically, the CIO, uh, which is your role, is seen to be the matchmaker, the politician, the entertainer, the the person who's connecting business and yeah. IT, right? You got yeah. all the different roles that you play at your level. Now, what do you think? Because the 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 fact that you're trying to give INO leadership the limelight, they got to have those, or they have to develop those faculties or talent. Uh, in order for them to be successful in it. So are you saying there's going to be like a boot camp that you're going to offer to your INO leaders so that when they too talk to business leaders, they just don't talk geek talk. Uh, they, they, they talk things somewhat like what you do at your level. You can, uh, I think a boot camp approach is one viable way to do that. We haven't done that as much as we've tried to make a more gradual introduction of, you know, business issues and business people to, INO functions, um, but I certainly think you know immersing uh, some of the INO leaders in that uh, is an opportunity too. We have done some of that where we've taken we've taken some of our uh, best INO people and we've actually immersed them in the business. We've put them on loan uh, to various business functions and said, "Here's a resource that we think can help you 
think through in an end-to-end way uh, some of the challenges that you're having. And when that person comes back to the organization, that's a that's a broader thinker. That's a that's a person that has been uh, sort of enriched from that experience. And so I would do that as much as there's opportunity to do, uh, you know, without obviously impacting our service levels and our capabilities. But those experiences where people can be immersed in the business, uh, very very beneficial for I and O. Now, what about the people? One is, yes, your INO leader who's supposed to be, uh, by by design, the fact that a person reached that level of being a leader must have acquired some skills and competencies which would allow them to have the right mindset to be able to deliver business value and actually actively work on it. When Then comes the people who are at the operational level or the mid-management. How do you groom those people? Because frankly, this relationships are not just built at the top. They're also built at all levels. Sure, yeah. One of the things that we have done is there's a, there's a very well-defined career program that progresses through six levels of IT um, promotions and, and uh, capabilities. And, and they're all technical. These, these are not leadership tracks. These are all, you know, six stages of being a technical professional at the company. And at each level, there are kind of more expectations about the depth at which you understand the business. So in a person's career progression, I think you really have to draw them more and more into the business as they progress um, in their promotions and in their career. And they want to do it. I mean, if for, for, there, there are some of our technical professionals, professionals that, Really love what they do technically, and and that's kind of what they want to do, and and they're and they're content to stay there. Uh, others that want to keep growing, we have to give clear messages. Here's how you do it, and here are the resources around you uh, that in, that enable you and train you to be better at doing it. Now, uh, the people that you mentioned the, after the required grooming, what challenges that you see? I mean, one is, of course, you tried, but after you've tried, you've groomed people, you've helped your I know leader to get better how they handle business. What are the challenges that you still see people face or companies face as they go about trying to demonstrate business value? So you tried hard, but it did not get, you know, it did not meet the expectation to the degree that we expected and the business expected. Usually there's a couple of obstacles. One of them is certainly time. Uh, you know, there's a high demand on, on our folks for projects and commitments. And while they might have a desire to go out and learn some new things and kind of network outside of their immediate team, uh, there's not always the available time to do that. that. That's certainly one challenge. Another one is is sometimes helping that person make the right connections outside uh, of their team and into the business. And once you get that right, I mean, that's very often, you know, a chemistry thing to get that kind of a partnership right. Um, that that can be a bit of a challenge. So people may have a desire to do it, but either no time or not the right connections. When you're looking at the organization where the other business leaders are asking you for uh, the measurable business value, do you think a benchmark or a standard or a threshold has been established and or defined for you to work towards, or is it whatever we give you is bonus and then we will learn as we go, and is that particular approach, fluid approach, acceptable? No, I, well, I think we, we strongly desire something measurable for, uh, for that set of activities. So, you know, as it at a person standpoint, an individual review of performance or or discussion about a promotion, there's certainly a contributions and achievements component of that that we talk very seriously about. There's a very structured discussion that we attempt to go through that said, well, what did you work on? And then what did it, you know, what were the measurable contributions to the business because of that? And they can vary. They're not standardized measures. But they, but they can certainly vary from thing to thing. So whether it's a cost improvement or a productivity improvement, all of those are good. Um, uh, no single measure stands out more than the rest because we work on so many different kinds of things. 
but certainly we, we look for measurable um, ways to uh, evaluate things. Do you think there is a realistic possibility of most or all of these measures to be qualita- uh, quantitative versus qualitative and have uh, a direct connection? Like almost some people used to dream that how about an IT investments be directly connected to shareholder value? Go figure. How how would that, you yeah. know? And pe- people people have dreamt about that, and they have they have uh, tried to make attempts to do it. Now coming to INO, and then you say you deliver business value. Have you been able to uh, create metrics with any element of the metric, even one is truly quantitative, or are most qualitative at most? I think uh, most are qualitative. Um... And is that acceptable to business? Because anybody could blow smoke. Well, I think it's always an aspiration to to have a very strong connection all the way back to shareholder value and profit contribution. Um, so we don't we, we never give up on that. But realistically, uh, it can be harder to achieve in some areas than others. Um, so you're so you're left with more qualitative discussions to have about uh, about value contribution. So we basically shake up the whole INO function. We start having uh, discussions and debates about what is appropriate levels, and everybody works towards it only to find out that you've got a number of qualitative measures which are created, and then they can be subject to interpretation by multiple stakeholders differently, and then you could get a thumbs up or thumbs down without knowing why. Yeah. So great. that's exactly right. And a, um, a good example is, uh, about uh, three years ago, we went down a journey of implementing high-definition video conferencing across uh, the Steelcase Enterprise. And as you begin that journey, it's a very quantitative measurement. So you're you're trying to displace travel costs in the business. And we were doing that. I mean, that that was clear. We could start to measure that. Uh, and that was understood all the way up through the CFO and the CEO. Uh, what the value of that work was. As the size of a video conferencing network grows, over time it becomes less about displacing travel costs and much more about the quality of the discussions and the quality of the meetings that are occurring, you know, the speed to making decisions and the robustness of the experience that people are having. So it becomes a more qualitative discussion where it started out as a quantitative one and um, and that's understood too. I think as that has evolved, people begin to accept. Well, this isn't just about money anymore. This is about uh, you know having better meeting experiences, and that's and that's kind of what our core business is all about. Now let's take a quick break, and when we come back, um, if we are to look at the measurable business value. What is it that we can do so that it's not a moving target? So, yes, you worked on coming up with some baseline, mobilized your troops to say we will do X, Y, and Z in terms of activities and initiatives and then deliver those even qualitative, uh, you know, the, the, the business value metric. Now, if, if every time we've got something new that comes our way, what do we do? to either work on maintaining the same metric or if we change it. And if we change it, from what do we go to what? Because both are subjective, both are more for the most part qualitative. Please stay tuned. When we come back, let's explore. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Take control of e-discovery with flexible, integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are listening to cio talk radio with sun joke all 
To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Bob, when we are looking at the measurable value and we are mobilizing our troops and doing everything we can to get to that level, and there comes a change. And... Yes, there will be always changes in the organization. So do your metrics change? Is that a moving target? Can you prevent this from a moving target? Certain metrics, I think, are are probably going to be constant. Certainly the financial measures um, that you would want to measure an IT project or an IT investment by, those aren't likely to change. So return on investment is, you know, and payback is one of the things that will probably remain there. But when there are other... Um, metrics that make sense uh, to add into the discussion. I think it's up to IT and up to INO to to make sure that those get added. So if it's a productivity uh, argument or if it's a future-proofing argument to make or a measurement there uh, about cost uh, avoided for the future, uh, I think IT is on you know is on the hook to really be articulate about what those things mean and how to think about them. And those will begin to change uh, over time as the IT landscape and and the IT strategies change. Now, one is that we were required to, after the investment is made and show measurable business value. Another is we are also expected at IT level or even in business to innovate. And innovation is a cool thing that you go about coming up with new uh, ideas and then implement and see what the impact is, and you get some sort of an immunity. So do you think you can get by by using the word innovation in INO and does not, even though it is subjective, you're never, uh, you know, under the sword, if you will? Well, you've got a challenge with innovation. It's it's a great topic where, I mean, what IT organization, what INO leader doesn't want to drive towards more uh, innovation in their organization. But you've also got to uh, kind of put resources and effort into seeking out what are the things that are going to work. I mean, at some level, there's experimentation and prototyping that, that has to go on. And that's, that costs money and time. And so uh, it's hard to predict, you know, when you're going to hit a home run and, and when you're not. But to the extent that you can, you've got to show here are my innovation activities, here's what I'm working on, here's how they're aligned with the business, and here's where we're making some progress. And, and I think it's certainly incumbent on the INO organization to create an agenda for innovation, uh, create, to the extent that it can, resources and a budget to go off and do that, but then be able to point back and say, these contributions that have been made can be linked back to our innovation activity in very tangible ways. Otherwise, if you don't do that, I mean, the risk is, you know, when uh, when there's time when it's time to cut the budget, that could be the first thing that goes. You know, if we don't truly understand what value is coming from innovation activities and efforts, that could be the first thing that gets thrown out of the budget. Now, when you speak about budget, are the days gone when we used to get this expectation from the top that you do more with less or more with nothing? And the resource constraints are no longer an issue because now they want you to deliver business value, so they're loading you up with dollars? Well, no, the days aren't gone when when you're expected to do more with less, for sure. Uh, but, you know, but you're getting help in the form of, you know, all of the great things that are happening and reducing cost of storage and computing platforms and Moore's Law is, you know, still healthy and alive. But also, you're also expected to innovate. Um, so you're expected that, uh, you know, enabling the business with new capabilities for competitive advantage, you're supposed to do that too. So uh, you have to create that as part of your overall agenda. So while you're driving down costs and while you're keeping things running and you also have to innovate and enable new things. Uh, it's, you know, it's a tough thing to pull off, but those are the things to balance altogether. 
Now, if I were to uh, request you to pull out some steps from a playbook that you have utilized to successfully set your INO function to deliver measurable business value, uh, and you were to say that, okay, I did this and this was successful, and when I did the other thing, it was not as successful. Could you inventory those quickly? Certainly, uh, globalizing some of the platforms that we use today is a is a great uh, ripe area for uh, business value. So we've done some data center consolidations. Uh, we've globalized are, are working on globalizing. <clears throat> some of our help desk functions. Uh, we have moved some things to low-cost countries that are that uh, exist in our own captive centers. All of those are great uh, cost savings and efficiency moves, and and we return some value back to the bottom line of the company. But we've also uh, you know kind of uh, invested in some uh, experimentation and prototyping around some new ideas on how to use those more effectively. So uh, things like RFID uh, in some new use cases and uh, some things I would broadly categorize as gamification, certainly some experimental ideas. Um, take, some of those, take some of those efficiencies that you get and cost savings that you get and reinvest some of that in your innovation activities, but still give, give back to the profitability and the bottom line of the company. Now, standing outside of your current role while you are in it also, and you're also in a way accountable for delivering that measurable business value through INO function, what do you think should be the required training, coaching, or resources that we should offer to folks not within only IT but also to business in order for this to really happen on a consistent basis? Certainly close, close alignment with the business itself. Uh, I just I feel strongly that you can't be asking what's the business strategy. You've got to know. You you, you, know, you can't uh, be waiting to get invited to the right meetings. You've got to be there. You've got to find a way to really get to the core of what's the business strategy, what are the business imperatives, what are the struggles that are going on, and then take that back to the INO organization and fold that into the activities that that uh, that team does. Just make sure that the awareness is extremely high. It kind of all starts, in my mind, with being tightly aligned with the business. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd like to thank you so much, uh, Bob, uh, for sharing your thoughts about how you, uh, you know, how the organizations actually measurably deliver business value through infrastructure and operations. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please like us if you did on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog, all your talk show hosts. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sanjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. CIO Talk Radio was brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions.